And don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, you are at the right place. It's just some different lead in music for strategy and the virtual controller. So we're here with the latest episode of the podcast, Strategy and the Virtual Controller. My name's Damien Greathead. My co-host is Penny Breslin. Um, Penny, I'm, I, I've just gotten back from vacation. I've gotten back from summer holidays in Sydney. Uh, the sun is shining. It's it, <laughs> it's it's lovely looking out my window right now. Um, but you, your city in San Diego, um, it's, I guess, sort of start of February. So 1099 season has just finished. Tax season is about to kick off. What What's happening in your world? Tax season kicked off about two weeks ago and not all 1099s are done. How's that set? <laughs> We're off to, off to a good start then. So no the doubt it. No doubt a couple of listeners out there today, our three listeners, hopefully they're nodding along, um, experiencing something similar. But but rather than the actual activities, Penny, what about, let's talk about people first. We, we've talked a lot about people on this, epi- on, on this podcast. Um, a big uh, news story at the moment is the Great Resignation. Um, what are you seeing? I am seeing that... Um Every firm that we work with is feeling this. They can't hire anyone (laughs) Um, or they're doing what we're doing, which is we used to just recruit at certain times of the year in India. We recruit all year long now. Um, And um, we just had the contractor come into our building to put in extra seats because we need to over um, hire right now. Um, Maybe it's just foolishness on my part. I don't know. But after experiencing last year, 2020 through 2021, a never ending tax season. um, And on top of that, so many new business startups being brought in by the CPA firms and the bookkeeping firms we do work for. I have a funny feeling we're going to need more people. And and we're dealing with the catastrophes that everybody else is dealing with, which is, you know, every other day somebody's got to stay home because they just got tested for for COVID and we have to wait. And the person that sat next to the, and the person that sat next to them has to isolate as well. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we've got to revolve and, and you, and you always have to like, you know, like the other night we had a mess up and I said, you know, guys, you always have to assume something's going to go wrong and plan for it. Um, The one night, the one thing is we've had a couple of, we vaccinated everybody. Um, way back, but we had a couple of people who did come down with COVID and um, they were going to have to isolate because of their country's rules for at least 10 days. And mm-hmm. they said, I'm feeling fine. So send my computer back and let's, you know, if they're not doing tax work, um, the the firms are okay with it because we do, we did it remotely during the initial days of uh, the lockdowns. So they do work. But my comment was, I asked them, I said, so does this mean you guys want to work remotely a lot? And because that is what's going on here in the United States, people are preferring the remote work most of the time. And they said, no, no, we want to come back in the office. Oh, so, interesting. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. For cultural, I mean, I think for their own reasons. Yep. 
considering the who we hire, I know that that space is, it might be a workspace, but for them, it's a freedom space too. They are mm-hmm. cut off from any kind of contact except during their lunch break where they get to go outside in our little reception area and, and outside patio and can sit and with their mobile phones, which are not allowed to have during the day when they're working, and they can communicate with friends and family. But for that time that they're working, they're in charge of their own time in many ways. And for them, that's real important. But I think that for a lot of other people, and I'm not just hearing this in, in the accounting industry, in the tech industry, and in, in, in a lot of other service industries where people are capable of doing some work from home, they want to work, they want to be able to choose the option. You know, work from home, work in the office, uh, every other day, whatever, adapt. Um, and I think that um, uh, quite a few people probably assumed that as soon as the lockdowns were over, that we were going to all go back to the office and do things as they were. And that ain't happening. And, and, and I, I think a lot of people as well, Penny, they, to your point, they, they put in plans to survive. Uh, and that was, we'll, we'll enable our team to work remotely in survival mode. Um, but then once we're allowed to get back into the office, once it's okay to get back in the office, every will, everyone will come running back. So they didn't, didn't, they didn't really think, yeah, they didn't really think about this as a, a business change, um, that, that not just survival, but to actually thrive, you need to enable this type of environment that allows your employees to work where they do their best work. And some some people do their best work in the office. Some people do their best work in that um, collaborative environment. So without a doubt, but um, just to think that it's going to go back to the way it was, um, pretty narrow-sighted, I think. Oh, God, yes. I mean, when you think about uh, historically what large events like this have done and how they've changed um they were innovators they it became a, it became something you had to deal with this was the future you adapted to it and you built the future on it i mean two-thirds of europe died in the black plague right um and what came out of that change in the guilds uh and the and the and the way you move through business and the way you move through society was altered because the fewer people meant that they had to rely on talents that were not necessarily uh, based on progeny, but based on merit and capability. So, um, and then they also had to adapt their uh, technologies. And I think that that's something too, that's going to be part of this industry is that and I've, uh, and, uh, and I've already seen it happen and I've recommended it to some firms that don't you don't need a high-end CPA or a full-charge 12-year bookkeeping person to do this work. Um, you can do a combination of entry level of somebody who may not even have an accounting degree that you can train them and using AI combine and get the work done. And um, so I think you have to think outside the box on who you're hiring. I think you have to think outside the box about when you hire. And I think you really need to consider that the current young person that is going to come to work for you 
isn't going to tolerate because you put in 14 hours a day during tax season, six days a week, seven days a week, because that's the way it was always done. They're going to look at you and go, yeah, no. No. You say you say the young people, but I actually think it's it's a, it's many more generations of the workforce are going to be saying that now because for the last two years they've been quite successful working from home, working in remote locations. They're probably and and that's something that we are seeing. They're moving out of the cities into the the suburbs or into the different regions where they can have more space, where they can have a home office. Um, and so it's not just, I mean, uh, on, on our podcasts, um, we've, we've previously referenced sort of the younger generation saying that's not the way they work, but the, the pandemic has proved regardless of generation, um, there are people work where people, people can do their best work in, in multiple, in multiple ways. And, and that's what we've got to be able to recognize. Um, and so whether that's, uh, mums coming back into the workforce, whether that's younger generations, whether that's people that are slowly retiring, uh, there's ways in which we can um, staff our staff our office and and the tools that we use that that allow people to work much more in in much more fulfilling roles. And I think in addition to the way you hire and who you hire, I think it's also how you structure the work and how you get that work done and making sure that that work is being done by the appropriate level or the appropriate person, whether that's the technology, whether that's the entry level, whether that's the reviewer, that's a, that's a lot of stuff that we've been talking about in this podcast. Um, and, and, it, and it's about just changing the way that you do business from start to finish. I agree with you. And you're right about the generations. You're absolutely right about that. Um, I, and I probably, and, and it is true. We still have, we still have three generations of people working. I grew up in a house yeah. with three generations in it. So I guess for me, it's all one thing, but, but I, there are three generations working and you're right. And there are a lot of small businesses, new startups that are being started by people who have long time careers in bigger businesses and have walked away and said, I'm going to do my own thing. And they start a business and, um, and we're seeing a lot of startups, quite a few and, amazing and, startups. And um, that's definitely a trend that we're seeing here as well. And it's what I've seen also is that people that were traditionally working their five days, they're not necessarily walking away from that job, but they are going to them and saying, I only want to work four days a week. I only want to work three days a week because I've got my side hustle going on. And that's what I want to focus on on these two days. I'll still give you three days um, or four days, but I, I want some time to see if, if this thing has legs. And that's something that we're seeing as well is, is these traditional full-time employees taking, taking a step back to say, I only want to work four days because I've got something else on, or, or actually I only want to work four days because life's too short. It's true. You know, um, years ago, I had this friend who was a firefighter, um, taught me how to surf, <laughs> um, and, and all my family too. Anyways, uh, he always talked about how firefighters always had another gig going on. And, um, because the way their work schedule was, they had to be at the firehouse, you know, round the clock. So they got, um, like three days off or they got a four day off week because they were, they were on call basically for a week at a time. And he said almost all of the ones that 
he knew in 31 years he was a firefighter, had another gig going on. I said, so why didn't you ever have one? He goes, are you kidding me? Life is short. I, uh, he, he went skydiving. He went surfing. He went snowboarding. He went lobster diving. He was, well, he was a thrill seeker. Um, but that's, that's true. There's a lot of businesses that we're seeing that are coming through and we're setting them up um, through the, client, the, the firms that we come in. And they're, um, you could tell they're a side hustle. They're a side hustle for somebody else. And and to tell you the truth, there are a lot of people that I know in the programming, just because of some of the connections I have. I know a lot of programmers and they all have side hustles going on. Yeah, yeah. They're they're all doing upwork at the weekends and, and um working on different projects. What I have noticed as well is with these new side hustles going in, um, and I'm not sure if it's the same in your neck of the woods, but um, they are calling accountants, they are calling bookkeepers yes. for help, but but they don't necessarily have the funds or the willingness to pay for the services. But the accountants and bookkeepers are, are really struggling to say no. I'm not sure what you're saying. Um, I think that that they do need to say no. I do have people approach me about this direct in my, you know, general area. And I'll just tell them, look at, you know what, you really are, you're a startup, you don't have one, the need, or two, the funds to hire somebody full time. So how about if I just set you up, give you a lesson, and when you get to this point, call me, and I'll find somebody for you, because I don't want to take them on for anything. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's that option. Um, and you know, you can, you a setup when it's somebody's brand new, that's easy enough to do. The, the nightmare client is the one who walks in and they've been doing it on their own because they didn't want to pay anybody for two years or so. And they really haven't done a goddamn thing. So that's the nightmare client you want to walk away from. Um, but you could take somebody on in that and, and just have a package of, yeah, you started, yep and include a certain amount of training to get them going. And then, you know what, call me. And I have had that Duke going on and I'll tell you what, they'll call me a year later and they'll go, Hey, can I pay you to do this thing? Can I pay you to, I just, right before this, right before this podcast, um, a lady up in Northern California that uh, we had helped set her up on you know, the product Dext uh, and <laughs> Zero and that combination. And um, she said, I got this other app I, and I got, can you show me how it works and how do I do this? And so like I did a, like a short 45 minute Zoom call with her that I was able to bill for. And, you know, and she pre, she asked me about it a month ago and I said, here's the, my calendar. Here's the time frame you can pick. And she waited a month. Um, I, I really like that. that. Have a product, have a package. Yeah. And, and, and truth be told, have a package. And that's probably something one of your juniors can run. That's a nice Absolutely. little, um, a nice little line item that one of your juniors can run. Bit of training. Um, one of our uh, customers, Diane, she basically, she was doing this. And what she did in the end was she recorded those Zoom meetings um, oh, well, she didn't record, didn't put those Zoom meetings online, but basically she recorded that training, 
put it on her YouTube channel. And so that's basically part of it. She says, I'll spend the discovery, the setup, some one-to-one training, and then send you over to the YouTube channel, which will give you all the other um, training that you need. And then I'll check in in three months time. And that's 1500 bucks. You know, and that's not a bad living if you want to be at home and you want to have a work-life balance and then, you know, connect with somebody who does maybe other aspects of accounting and occasionally need you. I mean, this industry does have a tendency to uh, under hire because they only they don't want to have too much payroll during the non-busy season. Well, frankly, I haven't seen a non-busy season for the last four years. And it wasn't just COVID. It wasn't just COVID. There were other things that were happening. There was a boomer generation that was retiring, but not ready to quit work completely. Um, There is, there is the, the gig economy that was growing in leaps and bounds way before COVID. So there's always something, again, it goes back to, Step number one, what, what do you, you want, want to do? Yeah. And, and, and it's not the last four years, Penny, because there's plenty of firms that we work with um, who are busy year round um, and, and not, not compliance deadline driven year round busy. They're doing that month to month work. They're doing the consulting. They're doing the coaching. They're doing that outsource controller role because they've, they're not taking on new tax clients. They'll do the tax of their business clients but they're not taking on new individual tax clients because they have taken that time to think about their business model and they've gotten off that, that, um, that treadmill that is tax season. As you said, you know, you, you're, you're still doing 1099s. You're, you, you've started tax season early. It's a grind. And these well, you, firms you know, sort of- And the thing is there's so many tools out there. Like I've got several clients, obviously, that I work with directly just as my guinea pigs. And I'll tell you what, I know we're not supposed to talk about apps, but I have yeah, to. Go for it. This, this yeah, thing. yeah. I, I, I t- I'll tell you, I got it. I gotta, I'm going to put it out there on RelayFi. Sorry, but I went. Is that the bank? Know, yeah. Uh, I, I put several clients into it. They can keep their own brick and mortar bank. I understand why they have to have that relationship. But we just, it, it, we have a standard procedure to wire money into RelayFi and use that for operational funds. Get their money market account and their investment account somewhere else. Money market account. I got it connected to Zero and QBO, and it never breaks. I got access to their statements. I can do their AP. But guess what? I control when the AP goes out, which means I'm clicking a button that says, Mr. Vendor, Mrs. Vendor, you want this flipping money? You're going to goddamn fill out a W-9 <laughs> before you can accept the the funds. And I had no problem. They were done. A shoot. I had all the W9s in by uh, January 16th because really if I, well, I, I talked to them and I'm sure it wasn't just me. I'm sure other people were, were talking to them because they're very good at responding to suggestions. And uh, on January 15th, I walked in. I said, do you want a report? I logged into RelayFi. Here's a report. Downloaded every bit in an Excel file, which I then imported into tax 1099, which then, boom, I had my 1099s done for those clients. And, you know, the thing is, if you if you pick a business and you pick a tech stack and you focus on that particular thing, and then you want to do those that kind of work, that controllership kind of work, you really need to have that stuff lined up because you don't want to have the nightmare of somebody calling you 
and it's January 31st and it's eight o'clock at night and they go, okay, I got this stuff ready for you now. It's like, dude, take a hike. <laughs> I checked out for the day. <laughs> um, so, you know, um, and, and I, I was, I was talking to one of the firms that we work with and um, she's like, why is it that every year it's worse than the year before on this 1099 stuff? And, you know, small businesses are going to do what small businesses are going to do. But the ones that I was able to put into that tech stack and when they saw how it worked and they saw the W-9s coming in and they didn't have to ask for anything, they didn't have to bug anybody, they were just ecstatic. Um, and everything's done. And and we're back to closing their books and going on and they'll have their stuff ready to send to their tax account next week. I mean, it it, it is a big thing, isn't it? Because I'm... I you can already foresee it that the challenge that accountants will have getting information off their clients because they haven't spent the time putting these systems in place in, in the downtime and that constant chasing of clients and the, the expected extension because clients aren't responding versus clients haven't been trained. Clients haven't been shown a way to get information into the accountant when they get it. Um, yeah, well, I think you also have to show them the value of what happens when you do have really good information coming in and it's clean yeah. and you, and then you can turn around and have a discussion with them. So that's part of it. But also too, I think it gives an opportunity for when you bring in young people, or new employees, uh, at the lower levels who, if you give them this to do, it gives them pride in their work. It gives them goals that they can achieve, and it gives them an opportunity to learn. Um, and and they're going to be dealing, and they're they're going to be dealing with uh, technology. They might as well get their teeth around it right now. I mean, I know that that's not everybody. I did take on a new firm last month that blew me away. That I didn't know people still did one right. He goes, "Do you know anything about one right?" And I go, "Yeah, I remember it from 1980. <laughs> when was my daughter born? Um, 1984, <laughs> 37 years ago. <laughs> they still you." He goes, "Well, I still clients that do that." And I'm going, "Jesus, how old are you? How old are your clients? Are they dead yet?" Um, <laughs> but we're gonna have we're, we've got that data entry to deal with at the same time that we're dealing with a relay a client with a tech stack of relay fi uh zero and uh cash flow frog you know but, but just so interesting that yeah i've still got some clients on it why well because you haven't done the right thing by your clients and talked to them and shown them the light shown them a better way that's that's what i find i find accountants are, are quick to complain about their clients but they're very reluctant to talk to them about new ways of doing things better ways of doing things and and showing them the reason why the 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 possibilities that this type of technology these new apps that it unlocks and it's it's not the whiz bang fancy you can do things on your mobile. It, it's the ability to get timely information. It's the ability to make better business decisions and and have more meaningful conversations with your advisor a, about your business. It's it sort of blows me away. So how how did that convers how did that finish up in terms of where we're gonna are they they moving off that that platform? What's it called? Right oh, up, no, no, he's, and I don't intend on telling him. To, I mean, he can do whatever he wants. I, you know what? He's an older accountant. And his clients are older businesses. 
And I happen to be extremely familiar with the part of the country he's in. <laughs> So, I think you, you've given that away then. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so, um, you know, it is what it is. And and the thing is, I know that he can't hire somebody to work in that environment at a rate that he could have, you know, justified. So, I mean, it's and for us, for me, you know what, I'll do it. I'll put on a, a starter. Because uh, this is all data entry, and it would be a great way to train them on how to allocate. Because everything mm. is everything starts with proper allocation. CPA told yep. me that once. He pulled me aside and he goes, "Penny, everything's about allocation." And I went, "Oh, really?" He goes, "Oh, God, yes." And and you know, because at the end of the day, whether you're doing an audit or a tax return, you want to make sure that on day one, whatever entered the ledger, I entered the correct ledger on the right side. Um, so- actually, that's a good point on the right side. I think, <laughs> and, and I, I think that's a really good point. And I go back to my accounting 101 and my T, <laughs> my T, uh, my T charts and all that yeah, type of stuff. I, so it's, yeah, it's a, it's a good training opportunity. Yeah, um, so I'm using, using it as a training opportunity. Those five seats that we just had the contractor come in and measure out the five stations, guess what they're going to be doing? <laughs> <laughs> T-charts. <laughs> <laughs> One right. <laughs> so they've been scanned in and you hope to hell that they didn't do it in pencil or vasectomy blue pink. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, we still have, I mean, and, and, and to tell you the truth, I don't know about Australia, but I can almost judge based on east to west across the United States how technologically savvy everybody is. Um, yeah, Australia is slightly not different. Savvy, um, but accepting. accepting. Accepting, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't know if it's the same in Australia. I don't think you guys have the same compliance issues that we do too. And when you think about it in January, accountants and, and bookkeepers in the United States are dealing with end of year, W2s, K1s. At, well, probably could push a K one out because of a little bit farther, but ten ninety nines and sales tax, yeah, which is also uh, becoming and, and a nightmare. So we um, in in Australia we have one tax. So yes, you'll pay some stamp duty and and some local council rates and all that type of stuff. But we're we're filing with the federal government and that's it. We're not filing state and local and all this yeah. other stuff. So that makes a world of difference. That compliance burden is significantly less. And um and, and yeah, it, it's I think the Australian government digitized a lot of it very early on. So I as an individual, I can just go to the the ATO, which is the equivalent of the IRS, and file my return for free. Because it's a pretty simple return and and I can have a um I can do all of that uh, and file it there, so I don't need to go through a third party. Yeah, um, and, and fairly simply, easy ten forties. You probably go into if you didn't do it through TurboTax, you probably went to H and R Block or one of the other. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, time. exactly. So, I mean, you know, I don't think that I don't think any accountant is is thinking they're going to build a business off of doing small tax returns. That's that 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 story flew the coop. Quite a few years ago, um, but you know, and, and I think I, mean, I think accountants, I, I think as we are sort of thinking about that and where we are in tax season, they're probably going to be getting a lot of calls from new startup businesses. 
what's the script for whoever picks up that phone? What's the what's the way of asking questions to find out how organized they are, to find out what sort of state their their general ledger's in? Um, because time is is not something that you have a lot of in tax season. So what's a way in which you can really quickly identify good prospects versus versus bad prospects or, or, or just young or, or just sort of prospects that aren't ready. Let's not call them bad prospects. But um, a lot of time can be sucked up with this intake process with clients that aren't ready for a, a tax accountant. Um, so what's the process that you have in place? And, and the, one of the firms I worked in, which I really loved, we had a script. So everyone that was calling in for a tax return more often than not, they were price shopping and trying to find the cheapest one. But we had a very uh, detailed script that we went through line by line, asked them about their situation. We actually gave them a proposed fee, which nine times out of 10 was more expensive than most of the people in the area. Uh, but the really good thing about that was we were able to eliminate 80% of the price shoppers. Um and the, the, the 20% that did come in, we closed nine out of 10 of those. Um, but this script at the front end was critical for us to deal effectively with the amount of inbound traffic that we were getting for, for new clients. And um, currently, a lot of firms, the senior managers or the partners are the ones that have to have these quoting conversations, but we actually put that responsibility on reception. Um, and they were awesome. Um, they didn't want any riffraff. They, 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 they knew that uh, this was an incredibly stressful time of the year. So they were, they were brutal um, in their questioning and, and, and very confident in their, in their pricing as well. And so I think, yeah, about 20, 25% of people made it through to the next round. And then we closed about nine out of 10 of those ones. So um, I think as we are looking at tax season and, and you will have more inbound traffic from these startups and um, side hustles, how are you going to handle them? So that's just sort of one 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 of my sort of closing thoughts as we, we sort of round out this episode. What are you, you thinking, Penny? I, I agree. I think you need to, you know what, this late in the year, if somebody's coming to you, you have the absolute right to be as questioning as you want. And if they do not fit what you want to do, if they don't fit the kind of business that you want to deal with, if somebody's coming through and you typically are doing service businesses and, and those types of tax returns, then you know what? And they got an inventory. They got uh, a, they haven't filed. They haven't filed their um, sales tax. They haven't filed anything. Just you know what? Give them either high price or give them the business card of the guy who's willing to do one like one. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, that's but, yours, uh, isn't it? <laughs> but, but, your you know, you, can, I, I, you know what? I think that there's, there's enough business. There's so much work out there right now um, that you can. This is a pick and choose type of deal uh, on on what you want to do, and. And also, I think it's a good idea for uh, for businesses, for, for companies who do accounting and maybe do tax returns to align themselves with other firms in their area mm. that may want to do that type of work. Um, you all know each other. Come on. And, yeah. Uh, and, and it, yeah. I, you know, I I, uh, I I don't think anybody has to worry about somebody stealing business uh, right now. I, I everybody that 
we're doing work for is overwhelmed, overworked, and um, <laughs> and asking us if we could hire more people. Um, so, I mean, <laughs> so what does that tell you? Um, you know, it just, it's, it's a good time and a bad time. I was just, I was kind of frustrated yesterday and, and, um, the guy who does my website said, Penny, you need to write a blog. And I'm like, oh, shit, I don't want to do that. And so <laughs> my first line was the line from Dickens, you know, Taylor Two Cities. It's the best of times yep. and it's the worst of times. The worst and then of I times. looked at that and I went, no, I better not write that because you know what, this could go really south real fast. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. And 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 tax season can be that self. Tax season is that self fulfilling prophecy. It's it's either tax season and we're doing eight a.m. to eight p.m. nine p.m. And, and it's and it's awful and it's a really terrible time. Or it's all in your control. Um, yeah, I mean, it can, it, it can be the of, best of time. Yeah, I I know a lot of firms who just you know they have a cutoff. If you don't have the stuff to us by this day. You can't get on the schedule with you file an extension, period. Yeah, yeah. You know, you you, um, I, you, you can. Sorry, go on. Yeah, you can. Yeah, absolutely. You can say that, and and you can and with communicate it to your clients. And nine times out of ten, they understand as well, and they'll be the first ones to say, "Yeah, we we weren't organized this year, or we're never organized." Um, I think the other thing, just in closing, Penny is. Just, be, just because you can get back to the office doesn't mean that everyone wants to get back to the office. So talk to your team yeah. and work out what is their ideal uh, work environment. Nine times out of 10, it's going to be some sort of a blended model. But just sit down with the team and have that, have that conversation with them about what works best because you have, you have parents, you have you have generations that prefer, prefer different work hours. Now's a really good time to to sit down with your team and talk about what's the right work conditions, work environment, um, office office and work from home blend for tax season. Um, and the, the firms that say everyone's bums on seats at, um, at 8 a.m. from the 1st of February I think they're going to be struggling um, to keep people. So I think this yeah, is a really good opportunity. To spend Fourteen hours in the office during yep. tax season for you know the next three months, four months, and then also just one more question to ask them: How do you relate to the customer, the client? Because oftentimes, you know, the, if the partner brought the client in, the client's probably acts reacts with them a little bit differently than they do with the other staff so mm-hmm. just something to consider so that you at least acknowledge and re- acknowledge their frustrations and acknowledge the issues that they're dealing with sometimes it means you learn things about some clients you and you get rid of them which that's happened but yep. sometimes it's just acknowledging somebody who's about to do what everybody knows is going to be an extremely stressful period. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, and that, I think that empathy and, and being able to demonstrate that empathy is, is really critical. Um, and particularly after the, the last couple of years that we've had, uh, where I think it is very much an employee's market, um, taking 10 minutes to or taking some time, however long it is to sit down with your team and understand, uh, 
understand that and and show empathy towards what what we're about to go into i think that something small can make the uh, the world of difference sure it's acknowledging the other human being always helps always yeah. helps Righto, Penny, I think that's been a good episode. I think we've covered a lot of territory there. Um, what are your thoughts? Well, <laughs> right now, I think I want to take my dogs out to the dog park. Yeah. Uh, this, this is the afternoon here, and I have a funny feeling. I got six client meetings with my India team tonight, so I think I'm going to be kind of busy. So I'm going to take the All break. Right, well, Don't yeah, on that, park. we'll get, out, get outside, get some sun, um, enjoy the dog park. Penny, always a pleasure. We'll talk to right. you next episode. Bye-bye.